0: my name is Farron and you're listening to Hungry for Apples podcast. Please follow me on Instagram F-A-E-R-N and check out my website, Farron.me. Support the podcast over on patreon.com backslash Farron or visit our website at hungryforapples.me. Grab an apple, enjoy the show. Up, how's it going? Welcome back to Hungry for Apples podcast with your host, Fern. Hi, that's me. Hi. Before I get into today's topic, I have a question for you and would love it if you would email me back. Here's the question What does well being mean to you? Email replies to podcast at gmail.com. If you listened to the last episode, you might have noticed there was an interview. And at the end of the interview, I asked Francesca this question. And while I was doing that, I was thinking I could ask you that question. So there it is. What does well-being mean to you? Email me back. Email me back. As if I sent you an email. Anyhow, email me back. Podcast at gmail.com. For today's topic, I've been thinking about something kind of simple but it can be complicated as most simple things can be and it is comparison and um, all the different ins and outs of comparison. You might think this sounds mundane, I get it, it kind of does a little bit, but it might be affecting our lives more than we think. Is it bad, really? No, not directly. I don't think that it is, but it can really easily turn into turn into something not so cool. I mean, there are obvious ways, right? I mean, think about comparison. The easiest are the easiest ways to see how it could be a bad thing. Where are the big ones, right? Houses, cars, having to always have the new phone, all of that kind of stuff. But there might be physical things. I mean, I would assume that in the fitness community there's a muscle mass thing, or maybe maybe hair color, or what about the tan? I mean, I don't think a hair color thing is part of the fitness community, but the muscle mass thing might be. I mean, comparing comparing weights, you know, how much weight you can lift, all that kind of stuff. I think there's a lot of comparison happening there. I mean, these seem to be glaringly obvious. I Maybe they're not so obvious to you. It depends on what kind of a life you're living. Maybe you have a different kind of lifestyle and it is showing up in a different way. That's fine. I mean, I don't know how you live. So try and expand a little bit and think about the different ways that this might apply to your life. I mean, the root of this might be a very fine line, right? A very fine line between liking something because you actually like it and having to have something because so-and-so has it, right? Or wanting to be better than someone or something like that. I get that most people will jump on ego for that. I mean, sure, but everyone has an ego, and not everybody has this competition thing going on for them. Everyone has a different way of approaching these types of interactions with themselves and with other people. For um, one thing, I think is interesting is if you think about if you think about where this came from. Why do we compare, right? As humans, as we get older, the comparison thing is just kind of there. Or is that just me? No, it's not just me. I've talked to a number of people about this. In fact, Josh and I were just talking about it the other night. We were talking about where it came from. How how old are you when you really are cognitive of it, right? It's one thing where parents compare babies and stuff like that. But as a kid, when does that start? And he brought something up that, was, that made a lot of sense. You know, if you were different, you were more likely to get picked on, right? So kids all wanted to have the same shoes and the same shirts and the same pants or wherever it is you grew up so that they didn't stick out, so that they didn't get picked on, right? Where I grew up, it was kind of like that, although for a little bit of my elementary school, I went to a school where I had uniforms, but then when I was in junior high school, there was a little bit of this this thing where you didn't want to be different, but you also had to have a group that you did match up with, if that makes sense. So, there was a lot of segregation as far as the type of music people listened to, or um, whether they were in a gang or not, because this was the, the 80s, so there was a lot of gang activity. Um, what if The type of music thing was huge because there was a lot of racism and stuff like that that separated different bands and different labels and stuff like that. A lot of comparison also... Well, it also, you know... So this goes back to comparison being a uh, protective measure. So when you're in young in elementary school, like we were talking about, and you want to fit in so you didn't stick out, so you didn't get picked on, this is a protective measure, right? And then in my experience in junior high school, it was also a protective measure. It's just that it was spread out into all of this, a lot of complication. You know, don't be caught with red suspenders on, things like that. It starts out pretty innocently, basically, it seems to me. Because, you know, who doesn't want to protect themselves? I mean, um, that makes sense. Comparison as protection, which somehow, though, develops into this somewhat insane dance, as we're adults, which ultimately creates a lot of separation, which, you know, everyone says that they don't want, But we seem for some reason to be, for the most part, living in a society where people would rather hurt themselves more than find their true nature. So the comparison continues, which builds this special kind of fear, which it's just that, it's a fear. And this fear is drive, um, excuse me, this fear drives this comparative nature that we've created. And the media feeds on that comparative nature or the fear, whichever way you want to look at it. It's basically the same thing. It's just like, which end are you feeding first? (laughs) On my consciousness path, the comparative nature has been the most difficult to move away from. Now, in the religious communities, there's a lot of this hierarchy And in the spiritual communities, they've drawn that in too. There's a lot of spiritual narcissism and there's, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with gurus, but there's this guru culture that has developed through some unfortunate experiences that have happened. And so it's hard to separate that at this point, but in all of these different communities, whether you're um, working on with consciousness or spirituality or religious, um, even in your workplace, you, you know, the hierarchy of your workplace, we don't have to look at the separation as a bad thing, but because it's driven by this fear, it's become really hard to kind of um, overturn, I guess, would be the best way to look at it. I feel like the fear that's created by this is a root of feeling badly for a lot of people, and it's something that's kind of hiding beneath the surface for more people than than I think realize it. It's this idea of inadequacy, the fear of not fitting in, which creates or adds to this fear of disconnection, which is interesting because... We'll just turn around and compare, um, Lord knows what, anything, compare anything. And anytime we do that, we're sending a signal to, um, to our subconscious mind that our needs are not met. And anytime we send that signal to our subconscious mind that our needs are not getting met, met, then the safety signals start popping off. And this is why the fear in, well, I'm not an expert. Okay. so. You could take take what resonates and leave the rest but in my opinion in my experience this is why the fear keeps going around and around is we haven't undone it in a way that makes sense for our personal subconscious mind we can't just decide that we're not afraid anymore and not take apart some of these things and i'm not saying dig up i'm saying pay attention to the things that are coming up every day I mean, the fear of disconnection while creating more disconnection is a real thing. It's very interesting to me to hear how... I mean, I've done it myself. This is not me judging. This is me looking at my own personal experience, but also seeing how other people are dealing with it. Everyone doesn't want to be disconnected, yet we consistently go through the process of disconnecting. Whether it's the phone or not answering text messages, or um, maybe not calling people ever, or something like that. I mean, we all live different lives. Um, I just know that for most of us, there's a fair amount of disconnection happening instead of looking and finding our true nature. Here, try this for a day or two. Take notice of all of the comparisons see what comes up most for you. Is it judgment? Is it spending, eating, type of water container, making room on the bus? Which things come up for you the most? Take notes if you want. Maybe have a little notebook. It depends on how you go about your day. Maybe have a little notebook and Write down some notes as you go through the process. Watch how much comparison you allow in your day. Notice how it makes you feel. Make adjustments when possible. You know, just because you go through a thought process of comparing and judging or whatever it is, I mean, we're talking about comparison, but these all fall under a very similar line. Um, Just because you go through the thought process of that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. It's acting on it that starts to cause the problem, if you get what I'm saying. We have to understand our own personal method of using comparison. It's possible these comparisons can create even more of a false separation. Like I was saying before, we're interconnected no matter what. But for some reason, we're hell-bent on being disconnected We don't have to talk all the time and be connected. But, you know, you might want to say hello to some of the people on the street and see what that feels like. You know what I'm saying? If there's one thing that we need to get, it's this. you could see me, I'd be doing air quotes around, we need to get this, okay? In order to understand and inhabit our growing complexity, this goes back to discernment. So that came out a little bit funny, but what I'm trying to say is we need to understand the way that we negotiate with ourselves, the the different comparisons we allow in, the ways we choose to not look at something. Maybe we are a divergent person. Maybe we look over here instead of over there. And, um... In order to really begin to inhabit the complex consciousness that you really already have you have to understand what kind of inner workings are going on what are you allowing to happen it's all in your mind it's all things that you can think about and possibly not act on right This is where that whole discernment thing comes in. Our intuition comes from one place, the discernment comes from another place, and the ability to act comes from yet another place in our body, I'm saying. And if we don't understand how to work together with all of these different sections, it's really challenging to have discernment. And discernment is basically making wise choices for our future. Right? So, who wouldn't want discernment? Who wouldn't want the art of discernment for themselves? Well, it's learning how to listen to your heart. It's learning how to pay attention to what's actually happening versus making a decision and then going into your heart and saying, is this the right thing? Well, that's not going to answer you. Um, you can't decide first. Discernment happens before the instructions. You've heard it a million times. We're all connected. But how we perceive this connection has shifted dramatically. And that's why I'm talking about all of this. We needed this kind of comparison nature. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's how we meet people that we can have conversations with and all of that. But if you notice that you're using it in a false protection method, then it's time for you to understand that you're creating more of a separation in your life, which I would assume that if you're listening to a podcast about well-being, that you possibly don't want to create more disconnection in your life. So maybe this is one way where you can go about it in a more easy process versus having a checklist of things that you make sure that you don't do throughout the day. Just spend two days paying attention to how you do that. If you do, maybe you don't, and you don't realize it, but it's not a bad idea to pay attention to the way that we think and the way we act on our thinking. How we interact changes the need or habit to become entangled in other people's lives or things or problems can actually be eliminated. And this doesn't mean that the problems go away. It means that the way that we perceive them changes. You actually might surprise yourself. I've surprised myself a few times where normally I would get really into something with someone, whether it's discussion or whatever you want to think about. And I've I've not done that while not dismissing that it's happening. And what I'm saying is, for a while, if you're fairly empathic or a sensitive soul, whatever whatever you use to identify where you are on the planet, there might be a time where you have to just cut the communication and have to leave a conversation because... You're not yet able to stop the conversation or hold space without getting entangled in the actual problem, whatever the other person perceives to be the issue. Um, Some people might call it a a non-partial, but I don't think that it's that so much. I think it's knowing ourselves well enough to be able to respond in a way that will surprise us but also is more helpful for the person that you're actually talking to all of this is creating space for, for consciousness so for a higher level of living, for a higher level of acting and of being it's not that any of this is wrong it, all of these things have given us lessons that have brought us to where we are now and it's just that we've been now been given this new level of interacting and interacting with ourselves first and then the people around us which is causing this need for an expansion so that we have space in order to continue to help people pause for a moment right now remind yourself to take a breath take a deep breath in and out (sighs) it's not bad to like things it's not bad to want the same thing as somebody else it's the source of this wanting that I'm talking about where was it created if it's from the heart, great, fantastic win-win for everyone but if it's to be better than somebody else then maybe take a look at that recalibration required Emotional intelligence needed. It's a big deal now at this point, emotional intelligence. It's not the same thing as knowing when you're happy or sad or thinking you have to be happy all the time because you don't. But you need to understand where you are and how you feel and why things are happening and what you can do about them and how you can control your actions. This is all part of emotional intelligence. Before I go, I thought you'd like this quote from Keoni Hanalei. Emotion is how we participate in this reality. I'll read it again. Emotion is how we participate in this reality, in the place that we are, where we are now. That's our emotion. And for a long time, people have been told that their emotions are going to get in their way. So now we are bringing them out and it's a big jump. It's like a big wave. And if this is you, you let the wave go. It's And I'm not saying let it go. I mean, it's going to happen no matter what. You're not going to die from emotional tidal wave. It might feel like that. Not to scare anyone, but, you know, you might have to cry and stuff. That's what I'm talking about. But ultimately, the emotional intelligence that comes from that will allow you to navigate this reality with a little bit more smoothness. It's definitely worth the trip. I was thinking that you might like these other episodes. If you like this episode, you might want to look back. So, in episode four, I did um, an episode called Bring Earth Inside. It's about how having plants inside and working with plants is very grounding. Episode five is called Egos Are They Bad? There's been some things that I've talked about in this episode and a couple episodes back where the ego thing has come up. It's a very short podcast on that. I'm no expert but I feel like there's some good simple points that you might want to check out if you liked this episode. And then also one more episode number seven, it's called holding space for yourself and others. Again, all of these things are interconnected. So I just thought maybe you'd like those episodes. If you liked this one too, let me know. I gave the email out in the beginning. I'm going to give it out again now, but also with that same question. What does well-being mean to you? Email me at hungryforapplespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. Have a wonderful day. Bye.